Good morning. Yeah, good to be with you today. And um, Daniel, thank you. You and leadership for just inviting me in to this. It's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. And uh, someone told me beforehand, and maybe I'm a little overdressed, that I need to look more like Doug. So if anybody has a pair of scissors, I'll be glad to just cut my <laughs> sleeves off. Um, but it is, a, it is a joy to be here with you. Um, as, as we shared, uh, when we did the interview and introduced me last month, you know, for me, I, I've been in ministry. Uh, I started back in 1991 and been journeying, went to seminary and did all that and pastored over in Vail, then up in Aspen. And in 2018, I had just hit a wall of exhaustion, an absolute wall of exhaustion. I had to step back. And it, it's been a few years in some, some good, bad, and ugly stuff, just dealing with my own, like, exhaustion, but also anger, frustration, all sorts of stuff that I know many of us have been through, if not all of us at various times. Um, and, and, but I'll tell you this, the Lord has just been refining me, and, and it is an absolute joy to be here. Uh, as we said in that interview, you know, this past five years have been a, a time of resetting, and this really being a part of this today, this, this opportunity is a restart for me in ministry. So thank you again, buddy, for that opportunity, um, this opportunity. And, and part of my heartbeat, part of, I've always been a big community guy. And I, I love, love the idea of the body of Christ. One of my favorite books is by Dietrich Bonhoeffer called Life Together, where he just breaks down just the privilege it is to be a Christian body and all that that means, and it's just always, always impacted me and touched me. And um, so as I've been through these, this tough, tough time these last five years, boy, the Lord has just refined community in my soul and what that looks like and what that means. And, and that's what I want to share some of, some of that with you today, because as, as, as Daniel said, I mean, I, I've been invited in to just help build community here. And, and this, is, this is exciting. <laughs> Because, you know, it's a, I think it's a match made in heaven with what God is doing here, has been doing, how God's been moving here, and I get to come and be a part of this and hopefully just help move the ball forward and advance this a bit more. So I want to take us to a passage that just absolutely floored me. It's a passage I've been around for the last three decades, but it floored me over these last five years. And it's out of the book of Acts, chapter 2. Um, now, just for those of you who may be here today and you're not really sure, well, what is the book of Acts and where does all that fit? And well, it's obviously in the Bible. That's what we love to teach from. And we believe that's God's inspired word that he's given us to just learn from and grow through and be empowered by. Um, but specifically, there's the Old Testament, 39 books, all speaking to this Jesus who was going to come, the Messiah, the Lord that would be coming someday. And then we have the, the New Testament. The first four books of that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the Gospels. And they break down for us, for those of you who that may not know that, the life of Christ and what his journey was like on the planet. And then we have the book of Acts. It's, okay, now that we have Jesus, now that we know who Jesus was and what he did, it's where Jesus basically gives us the baton and says, take it from here. The ball's now yours. Run with it. And, of course, he gives us the Holy Spirit. As we learn in the early part of that chapter, there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amazing things happen. Peter preaches a sermon. We get to Acts 2, 42. And he tells us what happened with the people. 
And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. It goes on and says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I love that passage. Such a beautiful picture of what God, Jesus, had in mind for the church today. And Granted, that was 2,000 years ago, so things look a little different. We meet in an auditorium. We don't meet in the temple, right? So there's some differences here. But to, to take the principles of that are so critical. And the only thing I want to point out, well, a couple things I want to point out. One is this. The best word I can come up with is that's supernatural community. Supernatural community, the way those folks, I mean, they devoted themselves, the awe came upon them, and the signs and wonders, and all the things they did together, the sacrificial living that, that they basically experienced. And here's, here's something that gets me so excited, because I've heard stories. Even before I got here, I heard stories about the orchard. I heard the story of Pastor Stacy, essentially resurrected from the dead. Um, amazing stories of God working, the sacrifices that have been made by so many people here. So I just want to say, well done, Orchard Church. You have done a great job. Your reputation is out there as a church that does indeed love God and love people. And what we want to do is we talk about build community is to just take it to new levels by God's grace. Not by just man's work, but by God's grace. We just take it to fresh new levels. To the level of, of what I hope and pray, we hope and pray will be supernatural community like we see in Acts chapter 2. But there's a couple interesting words in that passage that over these last five years as I was going back and exploring my soul and thinking about my life and where I've been, thinking through the confusion, thinking through the frustrations, um, a couple things stuck out. One is this word devoted. This is a word that says, man, I am all in on this. 100%, I am absolutely all in on this deal. It's not like, well, hey, man, I may, yeah, Tuesday you're going to meet? Yeah, I may show up. Maybe I'll see you there. It is a sense of I am totally in and committed. You, you may have heard this story before. I've heard preachers share this for years, I mean decades. Kind of an old, old thing that goes back a long time. And it goes like this. There was once a farmer who had a chicken and a cow. And he treated that chicken and cow so well that one day the chicken said to the cow, hey, you know what? We want to do something good for Farmer Joe here. I mean, he treats us so well. So here's the deal. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to lay three incredible eggs for an omelet. And you, you bring the steak. And the cow's like, yeah, yeah, good, 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 yeah, good, great idea. And then the cow's like, wait a minute. For you, that's a contribution. For me, that's a total commitment. You get the difference? And that's what this word means. It's a sense of total 
total commitment, that, that we're all in. And you know what? We're all going to be on different levels. With it. We're going to be in different paths. It's, it's not like, okay, everybody now. Man, we wish that would be the case. But you know what? We're just going to meet you where you're at. We just want to take the next step with you. We just want to journey with you in your journey with God and your journey with what we believe will be supernatural community. The second word that stuck out to me was this word awe. And as I spent time these last five years just thinking and praying, and I'm like, Lord, I, I, I don't, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I, I, as a guy who's been around this deal for 30 years, as a guy who's been to seminary, I'm not sure I quite get awe. I get the meaning of it. I, I, I get what the idea is. But I don't, I don't know if I really quite get awe. Matter of fact, I would flippantly use the word awe. And I'm sure many of us have, right? I mean, the idea of that was an awesome meal. Or that was an awesome movie. You know, it, it's just that idea of where we take this word and we use it for awe. And I know I can only speak for myself, but it's like it's, it's lost its meaning. And I realize that there, there really hasn't been an absolute, what I'll just call, awe for God. And I think, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And you may have heard, but, but last week, there was a, a registered 2.0 earthquake in Seattle. An earthquake in Seattle that people couldn't explain, and they started doing research, and you know what they discovered caused that earthquake? A Taylor Swift concert. It's true. True, this is true. I'm not making this up. This is true. A Taylor Swift concert caused an earthquake of 2.0 in Seattle. Now that's awe. Okay? That is awe. That is an absolute where people, I mean, music's playing loud and people are jumping and screaming and yelling. And I mean, and it, I mean it's, it brought a 2.0 earthquake. My hope, my prayer, I believe is our hope, our prayer. You know, I look forward to the day when on a Monday morning, someone says, well, there was a 5.0 earthquake registered in Carbondale, Colorado yesterday at about 8.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. And that our awe for God becomes so grandiose, so big that it puts Taylor shi shift. <laughs> Taylor, good thing I didn't say a different word, huh? Um, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Shame. <laughs> Would have got fired for that one, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Where's my towel? But, 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 but that is what God has in store. That is what God wants for us, is a supernatural com community. And in this community, though, as we see in that passage, it's based on devotion. And when we do that, and our hearts are ready for awe, it comes down. And then, hold on, because the ground's going to be shaken. And so what I saw over these last five years was my, my lack of awe. So I went on a journey. Now, I'm going to just take you on a journey for a few minutes, if you don't mind of where I've been these last five years wrestling with this topic of awe. And the first place I found myself 
was in the book of Romans. Now, the book of Romans, for those of you who may not know, that comes right after the book of Acts, written by a different guy. But he's breaking down what is Christianity all about over 16 chapters. It's an amazing book. Love that book. But in chapter 1, as he's kind of just saying, hey, j just so you know, uh, you know, the gospel is the power to save anyone, but the world's in a pretty messy place. And in the midst of talking about the messiness, he, he comes out with the, the, the simple statement about creation. And this is what he says. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. And boy, that, that hit me at one point, and I'm like, huh. Lord, I, I know all the theology. I know all your names. I know all this stuff about you, but I don't think I've ever looked at you through the eyes of creation, of seeing the creator behind the creation. And I just let my soul begin to explore some questions and part of that was, before I got there, was God gave me this, this little thing, this little sign, and we'll bring it up on the screen, and it says, God exists. And I didn't really know what this meant. I, I just felt led to write it. I put it up in front of my TV. I thought, well, maybe just the Lord's prompting me to spend more time thinking about Him than, than watching TV and sports and programs. And it, it was like, okay, where's this going to go? And then he started to put questions on my heart about the simplicity of creation. They're going to be up on the screen here. Simple questions that little did I know were about to transform my sense of awe for God. And I just want to share a few of these with you, and, 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 and then I'll come back to Acts chapter 2, and we'll kind of tie this thing all together about how devotion and awe all fit together, but you'll see one. And, and this is my first one. Wait a minute. So you're telling me I'm on a planet traveling 67,000 miles per hour around the sun. I don't know if you ever thought about that. I Googled it, so it must be true, right? Um, 67,000 miles per hour. We're, we're, at a, we're, we're moving at that pace right now, just in case maybe, you know, wind in the hair, but, but we are moving at 67,000 miles per hour around the sun. I would have thought 365 days, maybe we move at like two or three miles per hour, but no, 67,000 miles per hour. We're cruising. And, and, and I just stepped back and I started thinking about, okay, that's in our solar system, and then we're in this, this galaxy, which is one of billions of galaxies, and honestly, the Lord started to explode my heart for the reality of, of the universe. Before I applied any Christianity to that, but just simply the reality of this, this universe. And it led to that second question, well, where did all this come from? Has it always existed? Now, if you've been around Christianity, we know the answers, God created things, but before we go there, just let our souls explore that question. Has it always existed? Because it should lead us to the third question, or has something happened here? Is it possible that, there was, that this idea of the Big Bang Theory is actually, you know, maybe it's not exactly accurate, but there's something to that idea that there was a and everything happened. And you start to explore that in your soul. And if so, 
I started to ask myself this next question. And again, these are basic questions about creation and life. But here, here's what was happening. All the answers I knew were beginning to connect with my heart. As much as I knew all of this upstairs, my heart was starting to believe it. And I believe I, I knew the Lord and I was walking with the Lord and I was saved and all that. But there was an experience happening where all of this was connecting with this. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I've known this stuff for years, but I feel like I'm finally embracing it in my heart. That's where awe begins. That's where awe starts. And the third and fourth question, if so, was there someone or something behind it all? And then the fifth question, is it possible for earth to exist with all of its life forms and there not be an originating life form of some kind behind it all? Before we put the names of God in there and all that jazz, but the idea, the idea that, my gosh, ants and flies and birds and animal and elk and deer and humanity, how could there not be something behind this that knew exactly what it was doing. Exactly what it meant. And I thought, I, I guess it's possible. Anything's possible. But here's the, here's the deal. Is it probable? And if you're here today and you're kind of checking out Christianity, you're checking out the faith, you're, I don't know, maybe someone dragged you to church, you're not really sure about the God stuff. Hey, anything's possible, but the probability of there being a God behind this universe that created all of this with tremendous love for us. I mean, the evidence for that is so powerful. And this is what I started to chew on and let my heart ruminate on. And just this idea, my gosh, there is a God behind us. I mean, I, I, I knew it, but boy, my heart is just welling up with joy to the point now Folks, I get up in the morning and I'll spend time with the Lord and I sit down on my couch, I look out at the mountains and I think, I am sitting before the God of the universe. Oh my gosh, do I realize that? I am sitting here before the God of the universe. And so it started to lead me to ask the questions, well, what is this God like? What do we know about this God? I mean, I knew it all theologically in my head, but I wanted that to get down into my heart too. And so on this next uh, slide, which is very busy, so I'll be happy to send you the slide. Um, so bear with me. I just want to point a few things out. I begin to think about God encounters. And there's various faith paths out there that claim God encounters. But then there's this one where this guy Abraham claimed that God came and visited him. And said, Abraham, you will be a blessing. I'm going to bless you, so you will be a blessing to this world. And it's God saying, I'm going to reveal myself to this world through you, Abraham, and your, your lineage. And that's exactly what I did, what he did. And you look at the Old Testament, and you see all these books, 39 books, the Old Testament writings, where these people chronicled, these men and women chronicled their experiences with God, these God encounters. 
that blew them away. And I can tell you so many times I've read those, okay, yeah, that's a good story. Yep, oh, go, nothing to go, that's a nice story too. And now to say, oh my gosh, that's the God of the universe, and that is what he did. And you start to get to know the names of God, Yahweh and Adonai, Adonai and, and um, El Shaddai and, and uh, Elohim and all these different names. You get to know the character and the heart of God through the Old Testament. And it's so powerful and beautiful now. And then you get to Jesus in the New Testament. And all the writings that came out of that, this, this, this thought that not only did God create all this, not only did God have visitations with the people, but also that God actually came and lived on the planet. He died for us. We crucified him. But in his death, he took all of our sins upon him. He rose from the grave to show he overcomes death. And that we know by placing our faith in him that we get to spend eternity with him, that we will overcome death someday when this, this mortal body dies, that I will wake up in heaven. Whoa. Started to take that in more. And then the church age, and you think about all the testimonies of all the people. I mean, 2,000 years of just the church age of people that have put their faith in God, in Christ, and their lives have been transformed. Absolutely transformed. And we could go back to Augustine, we could go to Aquinas, we could go to Luther, we could go to Jonathan Edwards, we could go to some of the great women of the faith, Catherine Coleman, amazing women and men of faith that were radically transformed as they put their faith in Christ. I'm just thinking, I get to stand on their shoulders. They have laid a foundation that all of us get to stand upon. That maybe, just maybe, and hopefully, prayerfully, someday people can look at us and, and, and stand on our shoulders because we've raised the ceiling even higher. And so these were some things that came out of that for me. My faith, like I said, was radically touched and changed to the point where, and I, I have to mentally get there. I have to stop and, 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 and check myself, but to think, and I, I'll do it right now, just like I I'm just not speaking to a bunch of humans here. I am speaking before the God of the universe. Before the God of the universe. He's here. And, man, I get to just share before him. You get to hear his word, sing songs to him. That is transformative, where faith just comes alive. And then this idea of, uh, well, let me just say this. It, it, it just stirs for me humility. Because I realize there's a much bigger story going on than me. And I don't know about you, but I can really make it about my story. But when I get my eyes on God's story, wow, my story suddenly fits into his bigger story. And it's a beautiful union. But then you think about oneness and the idea that we are now one with Christ. Not only is God there, but he is in us. That's the Christian message. That's the Christian hope. That this, this passage, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and delivered, delivered himself up for me. And it just builds in me as I contemplate that. And I go through these, these, these three things, faith, oneness, and purpose every morning. I meditate and, and, and focus on these. And I encourage you to do the same, not out of a ritual, not because some pastor told you, but to just explore 
let your heart explore and journey with God. But the oneness just brings gratitude. Folks, you know, we have all been through tough things. I, I, I can't imagine there's anybody sitting here that hasn't had some tough things happen in life, some much worse than others, some things that you don't even want to speak of. And I'm sorry for that, but I do know, as the Scriptures say, we give thanks in all things. It doesn't mean we're thankful for the experience, but we thank God that He is with us and that He will carry us through and He will redeem each and everything that we have been through in our lives. He wastes nothing, and he uses everything. And to develop a heart of gratitude. Every morning, I'm actually, I thank God for simple things like my senses, that I can walk and talk and see and hear and smell and taste and touch. Simple things. Simple statements of gratitude. And then this idea of purpose that, for me, just leads to surrender. When I think that this, this Ephesians 2.10 passage, or um, yeah, the 2.10, we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You realize, do I realize, as we're sitting here today, as God looks down, he sees us and he sees a masterpiece. Each and every one of us, he sees a masterpiece. And you may say, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know some decisions I've made or decisions that have been made upon me. But you know what? In God's eyes, he sees a masterpiece. And, he, and that word is actually rooted. It's in a Greek word, pomea, which is where we get the word for poem. That we are God's poem. And think about what goes into a poem. The thought, the heart, the expression. That is how he feels about us, and that's how he sees us. And what he invites us to do is, hey, follow me. Just surrender to me and follow my path. And folks, I can tell you, that's been some of my transformation these past few years as I've explored this topic of awe. Humility and gratitude and a sense of surrender. So as we take this back to Acts chapter 2 and wrap this thing up, it's interesting because in Peter's message, um, he's preaching and we're going to get to that communion or community passage in a moment. But before we get there, he's sharing all this. And he's actually telling everybody, hey, this Jesus, he's actually the God of the universe. He is the God of the universe. And you know what their response was? Let's take a look at this. Go ahead, Gary. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. He is the Lord and the Messiah. And Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as we go into Acts 2.42, that's the people's hearts. That's where they're at. And now they devote themselves to those four things we talked about, the apostles' teaching. And the awe came down upon them. So I think for me, what I've really learned about this thing about community is um, that certainly knowing Christ as my Lord and Messiah is foundational. 
being baptized is foundational, and we celebrated that last week. If anybody's here today, and maybe you haven't made that decision, you haven't really explored what it means to know Jesus as your Messiah, we invite you to do that. Come and talk to us, and we'll journey with you, and we'll get you baptized. We want to keep doing more of those. But more so, as we go into community in this fall, and we start to open up some new opportunities for community, I just ask you to to prayerfully consider devoting yourself to that. If I may say it this way, don't be a chicken, be a cow. I don't know if that's good. I might get fired for that one too. Um, But that's what God's doing. And let's just open our hearts and expect awe to come. Because now we're not devoting out of just, okay, well, this is what I do, check. But we're coming with a heart just open and ready for the awe of God to come out upon us. And that's what we want because that's what will lead to supernatural community. Amen? So as we close, you know, if, again, if you haven't made a decision for Christ, we invite you to do that. We want to journey with you. Come see us. Daniel and I are up here. Doug will be floating around somewhere in his cut-off sleeve shirt. We'd love to pray with you and introduce you to the God of the universe because he loves you. He died for you, gave his life for you so you could have life in you. And, and just prepare your hearts for the, uh, for the fall. I just ask you to ponder these things. If you want, you want those questions, I'll be happy to send them to you. You're welcome to just email me, dan at theorchardlife.com. I'll send you those questions. Ponder those things. Get your heart. Get your heart prepared to just experience the, the, the awe of God. Because as we gather in community this fall, as we gather and we devote our time to one another, and there may be a few sacrifices the Lord may lead us to make to do that. I hope you join us in that. We want to journey with you in that. Um, come with your hearts prepared for the awe of God to be poured out into our souls that we together journey into supernatural community. Amen. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you just for this opportunity. Lord, I feel like we, we, we've, we've scratched the surface here today. We've scratched, we scratched the surface on community. We've scratched the surface on awe. Um, but Lord, I know. I know what your heart is. I see it all through the scriptures. The revivals, the absolute, absolute revolutions you brought about as your people sought your face humbled themselves, were grateful for their lives, surrendered their hearts and souls to you. Lord, that you transformed individuals, you transformed communities. And I just pray, Lord, that you have mercy upon us. We come to you humbly, uh, grateful, surrendered, and say, Lord, just, just come and work with us. Guide us. Holy Spirit, this is, this is your deal. You are the guiding force in all of this. And, and we, just, we just welcome you to come and show us what it looks like here, Lord. We don't want to get into some cookie-cutter programmatic thing. Our desire is to have deep, true, authentic community that absolutely transforms lives, transforms communities, Father, so much so that people outside of the orchard 
will look and say, I want what you have. I can't live without being a part of a community like that. So Lord, that will only come with your grace and your mercy. So we just, we just ask for you to bring that today in Jesus' name. Amen.